Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Well, and I, I'm going to say this, and he would not want me to say this, but this one's for Pat! You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him and love him as your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was kind of a somber way to open up our Father's Day weekend, but how was your weekend, brother? It was good. It definitely was somber, though, of all the times for Mr. Bowling to go. It happened, you know, a couple of days before the holiday. Uh, it, it is a, definitely a sad undertone, but, you know, it, it's a nice day. Otherwise, I hope you had a nice Father's Day, Chad. Yep, turned out really nice, really nice. Got to spend some time with the fam. And actually, nice. we're, we're recording this podcast on Father's Day for, for your information to our listeners here. But, no, I want to talk about Pat Boland. You know, a lot's already been said. We've published and written a lot since the news broke early Friday. I mean, he passed away Thursday evening late. And, uh, you know, since Friday morning in the, when the news broke, we've, we've written a lot. We've talked about it on Twitter. So it's kind of like recovering ground that has already been mined. But I think for our listeners' sake, we'll touch on a few poignant moments for Pat. But I think for a lot of people, as important as Pat is, like, you know, it's kind of like the negative stuff. People want to focus on the positive. So that's what we're going to do today. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You guys, that is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the Huddle Up Podcast in real time. For those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to like, don't forget to comment and engage. That tells YouTube that it's a compelling piece of content, puts it out there in front of other like-minded fans like yourselves. And if you're on iTunes, we really appreciate it if you leave a creative review and a five-star rating. All right, Zach, so let's touch on Pat Boland. So when this news broke, I mean, the biggest thing, I already said I didn't want to go negative, but I'm going to lead with negative and then turn it positive. The thing that jumped out to me right away, the first thought that entered my mind was release, you know, from, from the ravages of Alzheimer's and there's that relief that I'm sure he has and his family as well that yeah. he is he is out from under that that terrible cloud but then the next thing that occurred to me was just the travesty that unfortunately even though he's going into the hall this year he is going to have to go in posthumously you know past and yeah. you think back to last year when the voters had the opportunity to get him in the hall and instead chose to go with Jerry Jones. And it's not so much, Zach, that Jerry Jones is undeserving of all-time recognition. You know, I'm not, I'm not really here to debate that. 
It's just that when you measure the impact that those two owners had with regard to the direction the NFL took, the way it went from just another sports league in the 80s and early 90s to the just megalith that it has become. I mean, it is just a massive, massive franchise of, of teams and a league. And now you've got, I think... I think in 2018 it was a it was a 12 or 13 billion dollar nut, and of course a lot of that money that that feeds these owners and thus feeds the players comes from the TV deals, and that was a vision of course that was, you know that was the impetus of of Pat Boland. So there's so many ways, and we're going to go through and talk about Lance Sanderson had a great article over the weekend covering the top 10 most impressive accomplishments of Pat Boland. We're going to get to that, but. What were what was your immediate reaction when you heard that Pat Bowen had had passed away? You said it first. Uh, it's such a terrible disease, and, and my first thought was he's finally free and he can he's whole again and he's in you know he's in a better place with his family and it's 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 positive to think like that. Second of all, you know, in terms of Jerry Jones and and Bowen not seeing his Hall of Fame induction. I like to think, though, it's nice enough that he was told about it, that he was alive and he knows he's going in or he knew he was going in. But there's no debate. I mean, they waited too long. He should have been in years ago. He is more deserving than Jerry Jones, and it is a travesty. I don't think anyone is pulling any punches on that. When that vote came in last year, there was a lot of uh, of negative pushback from that, and rightly so. It's it's really sad that it only happened you know, a, a couple months before he says he's going to go in. He's not going to see it. Uh, it's, it's not something that's fair, but you know, as in life, nothing really is the, the, the positive I can spin from that is that he knew about it. And Joe Ellis even said it uh, a couple weeks ago that he was in good spirits with that and he knew what was going on. So I'd like to leave it on that note, then focus on the fact that he should have been in sooner. The apocryphal story is that Steve Atwater was the one to convey the news to Pat Bolin in person that he was going into the Hall of Fame and that Pat Bolin, of course, being ravaged by Alzheimer's, he, when he heard the news and was told by Steve Atwater, smiled. So some at some level, you know, he knew, right? right. You know, it, unfortunately, that disease is, it's so hard to get a beat on how much sticks, you know, what they remember and all that. But I think deep down, you know, I don't want to get too uh, spiritual about it, but in his soul <laughs> level, you know, he knows now, he knows, he knows what's right. up. And so he's, he's going to see be, it. Exactly. And this summer is going to be all about Pat Bowlen. The Hall of Fame game is going to take on even more meaning for the Denver Broncos. Even though it's a an exhibition game, it's going to take on so much more meaning. And we're just, uh, you know, we're we're still kind of rolling with the punches in terms of, of getting over it for the fans of the team that have been following the Denver Broncos since even some of us before Pat Bowlen took over ownership of the team. And so it's it's hard to come to terms with. It's hard to come to grips with. And one thing I want to talk about is the standard he set. Again, we're going to get through these 10 accomplishments here in just a second. But, you know, some fans, they love. Some fans, they rue the Super Bowl or bust mentality that John Elway has. And that it really, it, it's a mentality that informs, seemingly, everything he does, every move he makes as a front office czar. And people credit that, and understandably so, that Super Bowl or bust mentality to John Elway. In reality, if you know your history of the Denver Broncos, Elway took that cue. He takes that Super Bowl or bust cue from Pat Bowlen. That was a standard and an expectation that was set by Pat Bowlen way back in the 80s. And even before, you know, obviously Elway and the trade that brought him to Denver happened the year before Pat bought the team in 1984 is when, when Bowlen 
bought the team. But it was from there that Bowen began to see what he had in Elway, see what he had in the Broncos, and he began to build a, a, a team that would reflect that Super Bowl or bust standard. He brought in a respected coach in Dan Reeves, started putting the pieces around Elway to help him win. Of course, they got to those three Super Bowls in the 80s, unfortunately, all three of which the Broncos found themselves on the losing end and in a big way. But then they get into the 90s, they keep pushing along. Pat Bowen's not satisfied with Reeves. Parts ways there, even though he'd taken him to three Super Bowls. Goes with the defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips. Didn't work out. He cut bait with that as soon as he realized it wasn't going anywhere and brought in the guy that he had wanted all along, which was Mike Shanahan. And, of course, the rest is history. The Broncos go on to win two Super Bowls back-to-back. And here we are today even with one more that, of course, the Broncos won with John Elway returning in kind, the this one's for Pat, you know. And the interesting thing about that is that Elway, if you guys can think back to that clip and you can find it on YouTube at any moment, but Elway, right before he says this one's for Pat, he goes, I'm going to say this, and he wouldn't want me to say this, but this one's for Pat. And that's kind of tells you the type of guy Pat Bowen was. He didn't want to make it about himself. It was about his team. It was about his coaches. It was about his players. And I just really respected that about him as an owner. Yeah, and what's so cool about that standard that he set is it's not just cliche. It's not something that's painted on the walls or put on a T-shirt. It's what's driven the Broncos and still to this day drives the Broncos. And even last year, some players talked about amid this historic futility the last couple of seasons, some players who were with the Broncos during their, their championship run a couple of years ago, they said the standard is not being met. We're not playing how we should play. And that standard, that quote came from what Pat Bowen instilled years ago. So for that owner to have that kind of impact where it spans coaches and generations and, and general managers, uh, it's it's truly remarkable. And and the, the impact that he had as a person, as a, as a person in football, it, it, is, it's, it goes beyond words. And, and that's why it's unfortunate that he won't be here to see that. And that's why it's unfortunate that he should have seen it sooner. But in terms of that standard, it's never going to go away. And in fact, when you touched on it before, they have motivation now for this season and beyond to win for Pat. And that's all they uh, they even need to put them over the top in that sense. So it's it's uh, it's definitely encouraging. They have an owner that's that respected uh, all these years. A quick side note before we get into these ten accomplishments, remembering and honoring Pat Bolin, it sounds like according to Joe Ellis that the Broncos, or at least the let's call it the Pat Bolin Trust, as it is, that they're being a lot more out on Front Street. That Brittany is Brittany Bolin, his his one of his children with Annabelle is being pushed forward as the successor to Pat Bolin. And it sounds like they're not being cagey about that anymore, Zach. No, they they are being out front. They are openly pushing her to succeed her father. But, you know, it's going to come down, to quote Andrew Brandt, there will be lawyers, and it's going to be years of just litigation and back and forth. And uh, she's still young. I believe she's 29. So she has many years in front of her, but she has experience and she has the the dynamic personality, I think, that Ellis and the trust is looking for. So right now it's going to be run by that trust and for the foreseeable future. But down the road, I think definitely she has been installed as the favorite. All right, let's get into the 10 contributions, the, the biggest achievements of Pat Bolin as owner. And remember, his time as an owner spanned 35 years. But And again, this is a great piece written by Lance Sanderson. I would suggest you go read the article. Uh, but the first one here, Zach, he's got, of course, Pat Bolin, 300 wins in 30 years. And to quote Sanderson, he says, 
After purchasing the Broncos in 84 alongside his brothers, John and Bill, and his sister, Mary Beth, the expectation was to win football games, and that is exactly what the Denver Broncos would do for the next 35 years. Mr. B became the first owner in NFL history to win 300 total games over his first 30 years. His 354 career victories are the fifth most in NFL history amongst principal owners. That's the kind of success that is so rare in the NFL. It's that Robert Kraft sustained success over the course of years, not just a flash on the pan. That's one man and one owner of a team having a vision for his team and instilling that standard year in and year out. And you're, that was the fruits of that labor. Next one here is Pat Bowen during his 35 years as owner presided over 21 winning seasons, 18 postseason appearances. To quote Lance here, he says, Over the Bolin era, no other team in the NFL has more winning seasons than the Denver Broncos. Of those 21 winning seasons, 18 included a postseason appearance, which is also the highest number of such instances over that time. Now, for those of you wondering why they don't exactly correlate, think back to 2016. Broncos went 9-7. and seven. That's a winning season, but it wasn't quite good enough to qualify for the playoffs. Hence, 21 winning seasons, 18 postseason appearances. But Lance goes on to say, competing for championships obviously begins by winning more games than you lose. The Broncos averaged more than 10 wins per season under the guidance of Mr. B, which that right there, I mean, that is just insane, dude. To win, yep. to average double digits over nearly four decades, it's just, it's unfathomable. And not to let the air out of the balloon, but that's why it stings so much the last couple of years going 5-11 and 11 and 6-10. and 10. You're just used to those con- consistent winning seasons and to not only have you know miss the playoffs, but to have a losing record. Uh, I can understand the frustration of the fan base and it stems from just being spoiled by success. And that ties in right here to the third one. He's got the same number of Super Bowl appearances as losing seasons, which it's mm. even now at 7, but... Before Vance Joseph was head coach, they had seven appearances under Pat Bowlen in the Super Bowl and five losing seasons. But that just tells you. And another cool thing about his Super Bowl uh, track record or resume as an owner is he had four different head coaches lead his teams to the Super Bowl. Dan Reeves in the 80s, mm-hmm. Shanahan in the 90s, Foxy, John Fox with that one in, in Super Bowl 48, and then Gary Kubiak. This stat always blows me away every time I hear it. I mean, in today's NFL, it's almost nearly impossible unless you have a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. But it's just uh, it just goes to show you that championship standard. And he really did go through with it. It wasn't just talk. It's it's unbelievable what they did. And not only that, but it really the fact that he had four different head coaches take his teams to his team, I should say, to the Super Bowl tells you that there's a source to all that. You know, he yep. he was the guy driving the the standard again going back to that super bowl or bust mentality and he was always working and toiling to find the right guys to execute and exact his vision next one here career winning percentage for pat bolin as an owner over 35 years 0.596 and just to quote lance here he says with an overall record of 354 to 240 and one tie mr b is tied for the second best overall winning percentage of all nfl teams over the past 35 years Over that time frame, and including the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL, 123 total sports franchises, the Denver Broncos hold the fourth highest winning percentage amongst all major North American professional sports teams behind only the San Antonio Spurs, New England Patriots, and Los Angeles Lakers. And, you know, if you take the Patriots and put an asterisk there, 
because <laughs> Robert Kraft, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from him, but the success he has seen as an owner came from making one really good decision, and that was hiring Bill Belichick. Pat Bolin has seen that success, again, we've already talked about it, over multiple coaches taking his team to that next level. Yeah, the common denominator, Chad, you touched on it, is Pat Bolin. All these regime changes, all these different players, it's been him at the top and him making these decisions. And that stat that you mentioned, it being among the the big four sports and having that winning percentage, it's amazing that that's so little well-known, that that stat is buried and it kind of goes in place with that East Coast media bias. What Pat Bolin did is legendary, and it should not be hidden or suppressed or forgotten. All right, next one here comes from... Uh, let's see, the fourth, fifth one here, home game sellouts. He's got 300. So to quote Lance here, he says, Team success brings fan attention. Nothing speaks more to a team's overall success throughout their history than selling out its home stadium. With a waiting list long enough to fill another stadium in itself, Broncos fans cannot wait to see their favorite team in live action. Between Mile High Stadium and Broncos Field at Mile High Stadium, fans sold out the arena for all 300 possible regular and postseason games in Denver. To quote Pat, he said, quote, This is their team. Regarding the fan base, it's not my team. I think if you manage your club well, the fans appreciate that. They have a stake in it, too. Close quote. If you build them, they will come. But if you win, they will stay. And that's the best way to put it for the Broncos. Sustained success is the best way to put butts in seats. We do have five other accomplishments we're going to touch on here from Lance's article. But first, got to take just a really quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, let's get to the sixth one here on Lance's list. He's just got a title here, $18 billion. And I'll just read what Lance has written. He says, quote, A little-known fact, Pat Bolin was once the chairman of the NFL Broadcast Committee as well as the NFL Management Council Executive Committee. His efforts in negotiating a new TV deal back in 1998 resulted in an $18 billion contract, which was the most lucrative single-sport television contract at the time. Now, that contract has since been surpassed, but his efforts throughout the negotiations led to NBC Sports Chairman Dick Ebersole to refer to Pat Bolin as, quote, the single major force in the creation of Sunday Night Football. And now, as we know, Zach, Sunday Night Football has overtaken Monday Night Football as the must-see game each and every week. And no one would know that without Pat Bowen, there probably would be no Sunday Night Football. So it just goes to show you the reach that he had, not just in Denver, but around the entire NFL, what a pioneer he was for the game. And any NFL fan, Broncos or not, should appreciate what he's done. It's just, uh, it's legendary. It's epic. All right, next one here. He just has it titled NFL Network. To quote Lance again, he says, Alongside being known as the father of Sunday Night Football, Pat Bolin was a major factor in the creation and launching of NFL Network. Back in 2003, Bolin and the NFL Network Committee brought NFL football to millions of viewers on a daily basis. One of the most popular stations on television, NFL Network has expanded immensely over the past 15-plus years. From America's Game to A Football Life to Good Morning Football, Fans across the country <clears throat> excuse me, have access to amazing stories, news, and information at the grasp of a remote control. I didn't realize Bowen was such a major factor in that, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Imagine not having Sunday Night Football or NFL Network. That channel is what I watch the most. So as a football fan, I can definitely you know thank Pat Bowen for that. 
Now we get into some of the philanthropy that Bolin did here. Lance has this one titled Denver Boys and Girls Club. To quote Lance, extending a helpful hand towards the community was also a major focus of Mr. B. Back in 2003, Pat Bolin became the first owner in professional sports whose team opened a fully funded branch of the Boys and Girls Club of America. In 2008, the Boys and Girls Club expanded its outreach to include the Darrant Williams Memorial Teen Center, a safe haven of sorts for troubled youth in the Denver community. Now, another thing, just since he, it just reminded me of this, the Darren Williams Memorial Teen Center, when Williams died, was killed at the end of the 2006 season, Pat Bolin chartered a team flight, or chartered a flight, so that the entire team could travel to, I think it was Texas, if I'm not mistaken, for Darren Williams' funeral, brought them all back. I think he paid, if I'm remembering correctly, for the entire funeral for his family, that took a massive financial burden off of the um, the, the Williams family there. So just another great, phenomenal example of the kind of man Pat Bowen was. He was a great businessman, but an even better person. And one story I just saw on Twitter that, you know, just illuminated my eyes and opened my eyes. He, there was a backup quarterback for the Broncos years ago, and they were at a party, and there was a bunch of celebrities around. But this Broncos quarterback happened to have lost his brother. And Pat Bolin took him aside, unprompted, away from all these celebrities in the middle of the party, didn't have to do this, and started talking about life and death and, and consoling him about grieving. That goes to show. That epitomizes who the man that Pat Bolin was and, and what a special and, and kind-hearted individual. Money or no money, you know, football team or no football team, to show that kind of kindness – to another human being is definitely laudable. And I, I just, I applaud that. Amen, brother. Two more here from, from Lance's article. He's got this one titled team super bowling. Although a somber accomplishment, Pat's diagnosis with Alzheimer's disease has led to amazing contributions towards research and prevention of symptoms of his now fatal disease led by Pat's wife, Annabelle and the rest of the Bolin family, Team Super Bolin has partnered with the Denver Broncos and their fan base to raise over half a million dollars for research since 2014. It's super unfortunate that Annabelle's also been afflicted with the disease, but the awareness that they're bringing is going to help so many people in the future. So even though Pat is not with us on this mortal plane anymore, his contributions and his heart and his kindness will be extended for years. And that's, that's just Mr. B. All right. Last one here. He Lance has this simply titled hall of fame induction. He says, quote, much to the chagrin of Broncos country, Mr. B had to wait until late last year for his nomination as a candidate for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Thankfully, the Hall of Fame committee, which also once featured Bolin as a member, got it right and chose him as a member of the 2019 class. Unfortunately, Mr. B won't be with us to witness his induction. By the way, I think it wasn't late last year. It was early this year. However, this isn't the first Hall or Ring of Fame class he's been inducted to. Pat Bolin was inducted into the Colorado Sports Hall of Fame in 2007 and, of course, the Denver Broncos Ring of Fame in 2015. These are only a couple of prestigious awards that he's received over his amazing lifetime, most of which are philanthropic in nature's act. That Hall of Fame induction ceremony is going to be special and emotional with, you know, with John Elway in attendance and Broncos players and Greek presenting uh, Pat Bolin. Uh, it is going to be something to see. So I hope they, they it, it's befitting what kind of person he was, and I hope they set him off right and enshrine him in football immortality as he should be. One last thing I just want to point to here in this article from Lance is, you know, from the emotional component, he pent here, Lance, a very poignant kind of goodbye to Mr. B. So that's one of the reasons why I think you should go and read this article that's up in the carousel live at milehighhuddle.com. You're going to want to go check that out. Great article from from Lance and a really great tribute and honor to Pat Bolin. So 
you know, again, here's to kind of turn the page a little bit on this as a topic. You know, it's uncomfortable talking about death. It's uncomfortable to discuss some of these things that can be really highly emotional. But I want to talk about here, Zach, in the closing minutes of today's episode, what the emotional component, we touched on it earlier, but what the emotional component of the passing of such a great man and, of course, the team's owner, might how it might be used as fuel for the Denver Broncos as kind of a launching pad, as an additional little injection of juice to help see them through the 2019 season. Because there's so many ducks that have begun to align that that speak to some optimism for this 2019 season. Even though, Zach, the Broncos have the second toughest strength of schedule on paper today, there's these, a streak of optimism because of the shot in the arm that the Vic Fangio regime has been thus far. Joe Flacco arriving, a great or at least a solid free agent class, and then another phenomenal draft class. And then to have this happen, as unfortunate as it is, it might be a scenario, again, I, you guys hear me talk about this all the time, never underestimate the emotional component when factored into football or any major sport. And I think, Zach, there's there's something to be said, and it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds, that they might be able to use this as an additional launching pad or fuel to get them through the 2019 season and put these back-to-back losing seasons in the rear view. The Broncos are not hurting for sources of motivation between Elway wanting desperately to get back to the playoffs and have a winning season, and then Flacco coming in and he's desperate to prove he can be a quarterback in the NFL. Vic Fangio has something to prove. Chris Harris has something to prove. And then you add Pat Bowen, which is a whole different kind of emotional play to this. It's it's not just football in a game. This is life and death, and this is a guy who literally changed the game and for the better and gave these guys uh, their their livelihoods. So, you know, whether it's a patch, whether it's it's a it's a motto like win one for Pat this year, it's going to help them. It's going to boost them. And we should see that in the Hall of Fame game. It's going to be an emotional night. And I think that should be an early glimpse, an early rough draft of how this Broncos team will play this year. Win or lose, they're going to play hard. But uh, Mr. Boland's passing, it just gives them an added source of of motivation and inspiration. And it's if they can lead to another win. And that's all, you know, that's all he would want for this team is success. Well said. Well said, my brother. Well, hey, RIP Pat Bolin. Thoughts and prayers yep. out to the Bolin family and, of course, everyone uh, associated with the Denver Broncos and the team and, of course, the fan base. Really tough weekend and uh, bittersweet that it happened, of course, on the doorstep of Father's Day. But best wishes to everybody. That's going to do it for today's episode. Zach and I, of course, will be back in the saddle tomorrow. And what we're going to talk about, we're going to turn the page again back to Broncos football. We're going to address some of the Broncos that are on the bubble. Some of the veterans, you know, goes without saying that the undrafted rookies flooding the roster this year and some of the futures guys, they're already on the bubble. That's well known, and and we don't really need to dive into that. These are some of the little bit more established veterans who are going to find themselves on shaky ground if they don't have a really strong summer. We're going to dive into each one of those tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime... Make sure you're following my partner, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen, and the show account, at HuddleUpPod. If you're on YouTube, leave a like, leave a comment. iTunes, don't forget to leave a creative review and a five-star rating. And you know we always appreciate everything you guys do to support the show. And those little things, believe it or not, they go a long way. But we're going to have a great show on deck for you tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.